This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country. Online at carolinescoffee.com. Hey, before we start this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to butt in really quickly and tell you of a big announcement. We have 12, count it, 12 extra homeschooling in real life mugs that we would love to give away. Kendra is going to create a post that goes up on Facebook after this episode goes live. All you need to do is go on there and comment and tell us what you love about the podcast. And then what will we do, Kendra? We will ship that little mug to you. <laughs> as long as you live in the continental United States. That's right. And We're then not you... shipping these overseas, people. No, and you can fill it with whatever you like. doesn't have to be coffee, Fletch. Okay, but if you were going to fill it with coffee, our sponsor, carolinescoffee.com, would love to help you fill it. That's right. So head on over to Facebook and look for that mug contest post. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, Kendra, you look tired. <laughs> I am. And you know what? You haven't even had your tryptophan from Thanksgiving yet. Okay, tryptophan. Is this where you're going with this? Because yes. I just read an article that said... That's a bunch of baloney. It's not a bunch of baloney. Hey, this is Fletch. <laughs> and this is Kendra. And we want to welcome you to episode 128 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Family Devotions with Marty Machowski. So um, we're going to get to Family Devotions, but let me ferret out this trip to fan thing. Yes. Okay. So this is one of those things I think that if you have a position, you will find support for your side of your right. argument it's, well, online. It's easy when it's true. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to you find need proof to look this up. behind truth. Tryptophan does not make you sleepy. Okay. That's what I just read. So well, there's something during Thanksgiving. Maybe it's just eating a lot of food. Too much And car- wanting too many to carbs. get away from family. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? <laughs> I heard I've, that. You know my favorite thing is, you know this. I, our, our listeners don't. Yeah, but you, I would like cranberry sauce out of the can. I want to see the ribs <laughs> on the side of the, <laughs> of the cranberry sauce. And Kendra's always like, Pinterest cranberry sauce, like, hey, this one's, this has got cranberries and chestnuts and Yuck. mashed up acorns, oh, and this is exactly what gross. George Washington ate. Nuts. And I was like, just give You're me the so stuff out of a can, just flop it out of a can, and slice it. That's how I like. It. That's my favorite. No, I don't mind that. Hey, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? We're, I'm doing something fun. I know you are. I'm taking everybody on a walk first thing in the morning. Yeah, We're going on a five mile hike up the Stanislaw River. In the east side of our county. So, yeah, super cool. Got all the kids here, college kids in town. So, I'm going to have a group plus two dogs. Okay, that's going to be fantastic. And while you're doing that, I'm going to pour myself a cup of hot tea very slowly. Oh. And nobody will interrupt me. I guarantee you someone's staying at you. home. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to a park. 
Now, yeah, we've yeah. talked about this in the years past, about the different things we've done at um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. We've been to the, we went, remember one year, it was 75 degrees, we were swimming in the Pacific Ocean. Crazy. Our Santa kids Cruz. were in the water. Yeah. We've been to a, a big Christian camp here on the west coast of California called Mount Hermon. We went there one time for family camp. Mm-hmm. We went back for a Thanksgiving meal there. That's That's my, been my favorite Thanksgiving. It is. And, and if anybody from Mount Hermon is listening, they, they need to hear us beg them to reinstate Thanksgiving yeah, weekend. that was such a great, it was great Thanksgiving, and so we've been out uh, driving around looking for homeless people to hand out the um, turkey sandwiches to. But yeah, this year, yeah. we're going just down the highway to meet with your family, who's coming just up the highway for a Thanksgiving um, picnic. Yes, and, and lots of reasons we're doing that, but one is our Mighty Joe. Just it's just an easier day if we yeah. can be casual. I'm thinking about bringing a um, a propane pot and doing hot cider. For really? all of us. Doesn't that sound yummy? Yes, that yeah. sounds fantastic. So we're going to do that. And then um, we're going to come back and probably play games. We've got college kids in town yep. and fiancés yep. and everybody. So, I bought uh, a coconut cream pie, I'll have you know. Woo! Well, here's the thing. Nothing you says know. Thanksgiving <laughs> like a coconut okay, cream pie. Well, just hear me out here because I love to bake more than I like to cook. And my whole baking life has been shot in the foot with a gluten-free family. And so, you know, I've had to adjust and it's just not as fun anymore because none of us should be eating anything I bake. So uh, somebody said to me this week, have you ever had one of the claim jumper frozen pies, specifically their coconut cream pie? And I said, why? No, I haven't. And then I noticed that claim jumper pies were on sale at our grocery store. And since we're going to a park, you can so, take it frozen? No, oh. we're going to have it that night here. Oh. But I bought the coconut cream pie. Now, when the guy was helping me load my groceries today, he got all mushy-gushy over the claim jumper pies. And he said, have you ever had their triple berry pie? Wow. And I said, why back. are you telling me this now? Yes, we're going to have to get the second one. So I, I'm, hey, they're not a sponsor, but... We'll see. We'll, we'll report back All right. on that coconut cream pie. Hey, one more thing, and this is a big announcement for our listeners. This is our final episode of the season. Yes, We are it ending is. on a big, big, big high note with this interview with Marty Machowski. Um, so we are going to have the best of for the holiday season like we did last year. Yes. There'll be some rebroadcasts. This is the best, most downloaded shows mm-hmm. from 2016. We already have them listed out. There's going to be five of them. And uh, then we will be back with another season, huge season, huge, huge. That's my impression of Donald Trump. Huge. <laughs> it's gonna be. You a, have to repeat yourself. A, yeah, huge. It's gonna be the best. It's gonna be the best. Literally the best. The best. It'll be the best season. <laughs> Thank ever. you. Okay. Cool. All right. So uh, that's coming up. So why don't we get on with our interview, and we will catch you at the end of the show. All right, so as we sit down to talk to Marty Machowski here, we got him on Skype, like a lot of our interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about our own devotions. How how are we doing? Well, we have talked about this before, that for a lot of years, um, I have taken control of that simply because of time and uh, location. Yeah. <laughs> I'm home with kids. And um, I have the kids in a Bible study, community Bible study with me uh, a couple, or well, actually once a week. Um, and so I've kind of slacked Fletch mm. and we rely on our Bible study materials, which counts, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a behavior. We're talking about <laughs> well, funny wanting thing, to, to learn more about God together. Yeah. Funny thing. And I didn't mean to step over you there, but the funny thing is this Saturday we had a, a young woman spending the night at our house and I had the kids there, all of them. And I said, Hey, join me in the family room because I'd been listening. You know, I, I listened through scripture when I walk in the morning 
And so I'd been listening about the story of Abigail, and our oldest daughter is Abigail. So mm-hmm. I said, hey, I wonder if she knows the story of Abigail. Mm-hmm. So I read that to them out of First Samuel and then talked to her about you know, her name and talked to her about the, um, the husband that she had, Nabal, that was a fool mm-hmm. by name and mm-hmm. by, by actual actions. So, you know, I've been super sporadic. But, you know, when the Lord lays something on my heart to share with our kids or a series of things or um, a sermon I've been working on or anything like that, anything I've been learning myself, it just seems like that's what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have for you a really great opportunity to hear from a devotional writer, Marty Machowski. We, like I said, we got him on Skype and he has some great devotional material that you get to hear about. Oh, yeah. This was a killer interview. Uh, we recorded it um, just a little while ago. And uh, we hope you enjoy our time speaking with uh, Marty Machowski. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. All right, so we're excited to be here in the studio with Marty Machowski. Um, we are talking about family devotions. So, Marty, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. It is great to be here with both of you. I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you guys. Hey, Marty, as we get started, can you tell us a little bit about you, your family, where you are, and, and kind of who you are? Sure. I uh, live outside of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. I have been married for 28 years. I'm the father of six children. My oldest two, born twins, are both married and out of the house. They're 23 years old, but I still have the other four living at home. I have a 21-year-old nurse. I have a son who is in his third year of college. He is 20. I have a 16-year-old girl and a 13-year-old girl who are both still homeschooled. And we've homeschooled all of our children uh, from start to finish, at least up to this point. And I'm also a pastor. I serve at a church called Covenant Fellowship in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. And uh, I've been a pastor for 29 years. Wow, so, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, so we have the real deal because it's not you're not just talking about this. You're you're practicing it, you're living it out, and uh, you're a homeschool dad. Which you know, I want to start off this interview just letting you know that we've done an episode on family devotions or family worship. And what I did was I sat down with uh, a couple of my friends uh, that were homeschool dads, and I asked them the question, you know, how do you or what is family worship or family devotions? look like in your house? And I just kind of blindly asked them that question. And I loved how the initial response was dead air. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's how it started. And then I realized <laughs> I needed to find people that were doing this in order to ask them that question. So um, maybe we should start there. Just, you know, why is family worship important? Or why are family devotions important? Well, obviously, we want our children to carry on from where we've left off. We want to send them out uh, as the next generation. And um, in, in Psalm 78, Asaph says, he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Then he goes on to say the reason why, uh, that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn, there's another generation, and arise and tell them to their children, that's still yet another generation. And so on one hand, we're commanded, but on the other hand, man, what greater joy is there than for a father to see his children loving and serving the Lord? And they got to know how 
to go from point A to point B? How do they go from being an unbeliever to a believer? Uh, they need to be taught. And we can't assume that's going to happen in Sunday school. In fact, since the responsibility rests on our shoulders, we're the ones that are supposed to do it. And yet, you know, I have not met a Christian dad yet that answered this question, do you want to pass on your faith to your children? I've never had a Christian father say, absolutely not. I, I do not want to pass my faith <laughs> on to my children. They all want to do it. I want Everybody. this to die with me. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't say that. You know, it's, it's, it's a classic case of the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And quite frankly, that weakness comes from what I call the study Bible syndrome. You have the study Bible sitting in front of you, and you go, uh, where do I begin with that thing? You just don't really know. And yet I do believe that dads want to do this. They want to be obedient to the Scripture and tell the glorious deeds of the Lord, His might and wonders He has done to their children. Now, Marty, I'm going to push on you a little bit farther and say that I think also that for a long generation, and you know, we've been married 25 years, we have eight kids, um, but for a long generation, maybe just before mine, um, dads just weren't pushed this way. And I, I would, you know, you're calling it the study Bible syndrome. I'm calling it the uh, children or the Christian bookstore uh, trinket syndrome. In that, um, the the famous, <laughs> yeah, the famous verse from Joshua where he says, "As for me and my house, will serve the Lord." You know, we've put that on doorbell frames. We've put that on little plaques we can hang above. Um, our front doors or, you know, little plaques in the house, anything you'd buy at a a, a trinket in a Christian bookstore um, or a wood-burning project. But, um, you know, that <laughs> that actual, you know, that verse comes at a point where Joshua, you know, gathers everybody at the Oak of Shechem and says, let me tell you everything that's come before right now. And then he says, let's head in together, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he kind of throws it down like a gauntlet challenge, and I just don't see that men are being challenged in that way to be leaders of family worship or family devotions. W- would you agree to that? Yeah, I do, um, but I want to be a little bit easy on dads. Given this, um, you think about what Joshua was was through in his lifetime, and, you know, it's interesting. Our, our fathers, you know, my dad... Uh, it was in this generation after World War II that benefited from prosperity. And I'm his child, this generation of dads now growing up, and I benefited from nothing but prosperity. And there's something about adversity and trial that drives us to Christ. There's something about going through an extreme difficulty, whether that be the Great Depression, a world war, uh, some kind of major medical sickness, difficulty, um, you name it, but an adversity drives us to the Lord. And quite frankly, my dad didn't experience any adversity, and I didn't experience any adversity either. And in that kind of prosperity, we get comfortable, and quite frankly, we can forget about God. Sure. Now, Kendra, you're going to attest to this, that there's a lot of homeschool moms you know that are even going to listen to this episode and say, yes, I we want family worship. We, this is something we want. And yet the dads are stymied. Again, we, we can call that his um, study Bible syndrome. Um, and so, you know, what, what does it take to get started? Or, or you know, at, at the very least, what does family worship look like? Well, I think that what dads imagine family worship needs 
to be is one of the greatest stumbling blocks. I think as a, as a dad, I felt like, you know what? Devotions that I present need to be astounding. They need to be stupendous. They need to be amazing. <laughs> My children need to be wowed. It needs to be like, you know, Spurgeon himself giving a sermon to my family, they're all uh, wowed in awe of the truth that comes out of my mouth. And when they sit down to do family devotions and the kids don't pay attention, they start poking at each other, they're discouraged. They're like, no, I'm a failure at this. And what they don't realize is the secret to family devotions isn't that they're fantastic, isn't that they're astounding, it's just that they're faithful and consistent. And over time, what, what happens is we speak the words of truth. We're planting the seeds, but it's God who causes the increase. The person who plants, the person who waters, the Bible says we're nothing. Only God who gives the increase. And so what I, what I think with dads is they think that somehow they're responsible for the increase and they're responsible for the outcome and when they realize, no, I am giving my children the words of life, the gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation that everyone believes, that means your children too, is, is caused to ignite in our children's lives. The seeds are caused from dead to come to life and sprout. And that happens in time, much like the farmer. He, he plants and then he looks at the ground and he sees nothing. The next day, he sees nothing. A week later, he sees nothing. And he prays for rain. The rain comes. He still sees nothing. But then, one day, the miracle of life, the seed sprouts and the green shoots appear. What I want to encourage dads is do not give up and do not be discouraged because God is about saving this generation. And when you speak those powerful words, your kids will Take hold of those. They'll be in the recesses of their mind, and then at the right time, God will cause that to sprout. All right, so, Marty, we invited you on for an interview not to preach to Fletch for all this time. Holy <laughs> moly. I'm, like, super encouraged. Kendra's sitting over here pointing fingers and, and doing air, air words and everything to me. She's like, see, don't be discouraged. Right. Well, and actually, I, I want to jump in here because what you said, Marty, about men feeling like they have to be, you know, this Spurgeon or this guy who gets it all right and does it really well, and that's what's going to make his kids want to follow Jesus and all the pressure. I think as wives, we do that to our husbands as well. And so uh, I just want to jump in and, and say to the many homeschool moms who are listening to us or moms who don't homeschool, wives who are saying, how come my husband doesn't lead family worship? How come he doesn't, you know, there, there's that aspect too. And so, hey, ladies, let's back down and just let our guys do this in a way that's sort of organic and relationship oriented that, that relies on the gospel to do its work. And we're just showing up as faithful parents. Well, I think that, why, you know, both husbands and wives have, are prone to having a fear that their children aren't going to turn out right. And uh, wives in particular are vulnerable because the scriptures do specifically charge fathers. It, it doesn't mean fathers only. I think you can read parents into, for instance, what Asaph says in Psalm 78. But, um, you know, it, it specifically talks about commanding the father. So uh, 
when the fathers aren't actively engaged, consistently engaged, that can really um, upset the moms. But there again, you know what? We do everything that we do, anything that we do is by God's grace. And I would just encourage a mom out there who hasn't yet seen uh, her husband take on the mantle of doing family devotions, that uh, she would just commit herself to pray and ask God to open up his eyes to see that responsibility. And then, you know, one of the things that that I realized as a pastor, I'll tell you my story. Um, I was in charge of children's ministry. I've been in charge of children's ministry for, for the whole time I've been a pastor, just about. And uh, we had a bunch of different kids in different grades doing different things. And I was supposed to take these take-home sheets home and then also do family devotions. And it was like, you know, one doing the young peacemaker, another one learning about the promises of God, still another learning about the character of God. And I was like, I can't do all this. And then I thought, wait a minute. If I'm not doing it and I'm the children's ministry pastor, nobody's doing it. <laughs> and so what I did was I started to look around. What is there out there for dads to use? for their family devotions. Is there a devotional that actually goes through the Bible and gives you what you need to do it? And I couldn't find anything. I mean, I literally couldn't find, believe this or not, I could not find a single devotional for families to share with your kids that goes through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It just wasn't out there. And that's when I set about the work of writing a devotional for parents in our church. Ultimately, that was what was published. All right, so let's talk about that because we have used your books in our home with our kids and we are huge fans, which is why I said, oh, Fletch, we've got to get Marty Michalski on here to talk about what you've done because I think any parent could open up this book or these books that you've written and say, okay, we can do this. So tell us about the first book you wrote for parents. Well, my first book, Long Story Short, is on the Old Testament there's 78 weeks of devotions that go through the entire Old Testament. And what I do is I create a script and even activities and questions so that you as a dad or you as a mom can pick up my book and you can read through the devotion without any prior preparation. Now, that doesn't mean to say that not doing your own devotions is the best way to go and just cold call, pick up the book and open it. But you know what? The reality is on so many days, I'm the guy who wrote it. That's what I did. You know, I, I simply picked up my book and my kids, my, I, I have to say a shout out to my kids because they went through the draft, the revised version, the, after the publisher got a hold of it and had me <laughs> rewrite it version and the final. So it's a good thing I had six kids because by the time my youngest ones were ready for it. They were getting it really kind of fresh for the first time. My older kids were like, yeah, dad, I know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. But, but I wanted to create 10-minute devotions, literally 10 minutes a day, that, that moms and dads could do with their kids so that they could be consistent. And it wouldn't be difficult. You know, devotions don't need to be difficult. The gospel is a very simple message. And I wanted to do the hard work of connecting every Old Testament story to the gospel. How is Jesus connected to the story? So that that way you're not teaching your kids moralism, but you're teaching your kids this amazing uh, overview, this meta-narrative of the entire Old Testament that right from the time that Adam and Eve sinned and 
God clothed them with skins and said that one day their offspring would tread upon uh, the head of the serpent and destroy the curse. Ever, ever since then, Jesus, there's been a sign marker pointing to him. And all the Old Testament stories point to Christ. And so by going through, long story short, you go through the Old Testament pointing forward to Christ, which is just an amazing thing. I have, I have parents saying, do you realize this is for kids, but I am learning a ton by going through this with my kids? That is awesome. You know, Marty, you, the, even the language you're using here is the language of homeschooling in real life. You know, our, our whole desire is to kind of wake up uh, homeschool families who have chosen to do this um, out of moralism. You know, if I do this behavior, if I homeschool my kids, I will get these results. And uh, for the last 100 and whatever episodes, we've been pushing people back to Jesus. So, you know, what you're saying is it, it is just going to breathe life into a lot of these homeschool families who haven't discovered you yet. But before we continue this discussion, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. We work hard at interviewing great guests and finding great topics, and it's all for free. Now, here's what you can do for us. Go to iTunes and subscribe to Homeschooling in Real Life. We've made it easy. There's a link right in the show notes. Better yet, subscribe, and when you're there, write out a review for us. Even better, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your homeschooling friends that Fletch and Kendra are here to encourage homeschoolers to live open and honest lives. We're back with Marty Machowski talking about family devotions. And Fletch, you had said that there are obstacles. You've got buddies, and I know you've experienced it yourself. There are obstacles to trying to get this done with our kids and and make this part of our family culture. So let's talk about those. Yeah, sure. So Marty, I've um, as serving as an elder and a a minister over the years, uh, I've tried to encourage young dads to do this. And then I look at myself and say, you know, I've been a failure at sometimes, and and some of the major obstacles I've heard, at least one of them, has been, you know what? I am so tired at night. I can't even eat the food in my plate, let alone lead a family to the Lord. Um, what about that guy? What what do we want to say to him? Well, you know, we live busy lives. That's very real. That's that's a real issue. We're tired. Um, I'll tell you what I do. I set my devotional book down right next to me where I eat dinner. And when dinner is done, before dessert, order is key here. Dinner first, (laughs) try to do devotions before dinner. You do not get them. Dinner first, devotion second, and then dessert. You capture them with the idea that dessert is coming. And quite frankly, right then, when you have a resource right in front of you, like long story short, old story new, the New Testament devotional, you just pick it up. You've got a bookmark there. And quite frankly, I found that after about two weeks of doing these devotions consistently, when you forget a day, your kids are going to say, hey, 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 what about the book? Do the book, do the book. And you think, well, I don't have time. I'm a little tired today. Your kids will say, do the book. And there's just something invigorating about our kids wanting us to do it. Uh, and so I would just say, put it there right where you eat. That's a great time. And then, you know what, you, you just say to yourself, okay, get through this 10 minutes, and then I can sit down on my easy chair with a cup of coffee. Okay. You just give yourself that now, to look forward to. Now, I think you're answering my second question, which would be, what about the, the dad who's out there saying, 
I just don't feel like my kids are even paying attention to what I'm doing. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I just said that your kids will ask you to do devotions. That's true. But then they won't pay attention. <laughs> you can almost assume. <laughs> so uh, just take it from me. I, I, I wrote the devotional books and I still had plenty of days where uh, my kids are not, they're not paying attention. And here I am saying, yo, I'm doing family devotions. Then I suddenly realize, wait a minute, <laughs> you can't do family devotions angry, you dummy. So yeah, uh, you know, expect your kids to not pay attention and prepare yourself to not be hooked by that and pray and just say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful if my kids pay attention or not, because I know what I'm sharing is life changing. Now, um, let's say we're off to a good start. We've got that two week mark. Kids are begging for us to do family devotions. But like every good thing in life, something comes along and takes away our steam. And then suddenly we say, oh, I failed. And I want to come back to it. Or maybe maybe you're a dad who, if you're listening, um, or a, a mom who's listening who, who knows this dad that's super discouraged because they failed multiple times. And you just think to yourself, you know what? I'm a failure. I'm not going to do this again. My family's lost trust in me. Um, what can we say to encourage that dad? Uh, there's only there's only one way to fail in family devotions, and that is when you fumble the ball, don't pick it up again, and just just leave it fumbled. I mean, if you do devotions for three weeks and you stop for three weeks and you remember, oh, I, I blew it, I stopped doing it. Let me start again. Uh, and you stop for three weeks or you stop for six months or you stop for two years and then you think about it and you say, let me do it again. Uh, it is not failure to stop and start again. The only failure is if you realize you're not doing it and then you purpose to keep not doing it. And, and I find that dads aren't like that. Imagine a football player. He's a running back with the ball. He runs. He, the ball slips out of his hands. And it, it lands on the ground, and he looks at it, and he goes, oh, I'm a failure. I fumbled the ball. He doesn't do that. He jumps. He dives after that ball. And if he can get that ball in his hands, he's off running again. That's a picture of a dad. You fumble, absolutely. Pick up that ball and keep on running. Wow, that is super, super encouraging. All right, so we've heard about Long Story Short, and we know a little bit about Old Story New. What else do you have for us, Marty? Well, I, uh, my latest book just came out. It's called Wise Up, 10-Minute Family Devotions in Proverbs. And I also have two other books. I have the Gospel Story Bible, which works well for younger kids. It follows the same devotional storyline from, from Genesis to Revelation that old, uh, Long Story Short and Old Story New follow. It's the exact same scope and sequence. So you can use them both together, even as a homeschool Bible curriculum. And then I also have a book called Theology, Ancient Truths Ever New, which is a systematic theology for children that also has devotional content and questions in the back. So all of these are designed to preach the gospel to our kids. And then with the holidays coming up, I have a book called Prepare Him Room, which is an Advent devotional that families can use through the month of December that is a way to, again, get the gospel into your kids. Now, um, 
I want to ask one more question, and that's this. Um, I hear you continue to use a word that we use here at Homeschooling in Real Life, and that's the gospel. Um, we, if, if we don't do a show where we haven't encouraged somebody again in the good news, can, can you just take a moment and explain why is it so important in this day and age that we keep returning back to the gospel? Absolutely. Um, the gospel is of first importance. That's what we see in Scripture because it's what transforms people's lives. You know, as parents, our kids grow up, we are so desperate to want them to be obedient. You know, we, want, we don't want them to embarrass us in a store when we go. We don't want them to embarrass us when we go to church and they're not listening to us. And, and obedience is good. I mean, uh, it's a good thing for children to respect their parents' authority and it, it's a part of safety that they do what you ask them to do. But uh, we can create little Pharisees. We can create kids who, because of the pressure and the fear of our discipline and disapproval, they'll do what we ask. But then we all see it, right? They, they grow up, they go to college, and the moment they hit the campus and they're no longer under our authority, they have nothing in their soul to moor them. They have no anchor. Instead, in addition to discipline, we want to make sure that we're giving them the life-transforming message of the gospel, that Jesus, there's nothing that they could do to obey, that Jesus Christ obeyed for them. He lived a perfect life and then died on the cross for their sin so that they can come into a right relationship with God. And we know from Scripture that that's what the Spirit of God uses to cause, to quicken life, to spring up within their hearts so that when they go away to college and the discipline of mom and dad and the approval of mom and dad is no longer there to be their mooring, the inner witness of the scriptures, God takes the law from the outside and the Bible says he writes it on their heart. That becomes their anchor. And so what we want for our children is not simply to be obedient, but to have that internal anchor, the gospel rooted springing to life in their hearts believers in Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, hey, look at He just stuff. saved us from doing it on this episode. That's great. That was brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, see, well, see, you saw what I did there. I did. That was, yeah. a, that was now, good. Now, if we could much. only get Marty to talk about hope shifting and yeah, yeah, talk right. about how we don't shift our hope onto homeschooling or onto curriculum or, or even onto devotions. If we, right. don't, if we don't shift our hope onto these things but only onto Christ, man, that... I just did that then. So you did. We That's, solved it. That was good, Fletch. Hey, Marty, we are so thankful you spent time with us this afternoon and, and uh, opened up our listeners, hopefully, to some encouraging thoughts on family devotions and that this is doable. Thank you so much for your work um, and all of the time you put into your books so that the rest of us could benefit from that. And so we also now want to direct our listeners to where they can find you. So where are you out in uh, cyberspace? Are you on the World Wide well, Web they can, somewhere? Uh, they can go to theologyforkids.org or martymachowski.com, or they can visit my publisher, newgrowthpress.com, to pick up a copy of one of my books. And is there anywhere on social media that they could find you or follow you? Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, Marty Machowski, and Twitter the same. So give me a shout out, and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So good to be with you. All right, so there's only one response to that interview. You need to head out to Marty Machowski's website uh, to pick up one of these great devotionals. I mean, this is a 
a gift to our generation. I'm so thankful for faithful men and women who just heed a call that God gives them to write out these things for the rest of us. Um, it's just a gift. It really is. And the work has been done for you people. Mm-hmm. So I cannot encourage you more. Go to the show notes, follow the links, go pick up one of these devotionals. Start off uh, 2017 with just a really, really good tool in your arsenal um, I, I just can't encourage you enough to do that more. Now, if you want to tell us more about what you think about our topic, you can reach us uh, on email, info at homeschoolingirl.com. You can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl, or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. As we head into 2017, right around the corner here, Fletch, we need the support of our listeners more than ever as we go into a new season. So you can support us through patreon.com. Or you can support us by spending a little money at Caroline's Coffee and using our code H-I-R-L. That's right, carolinescoffee.com. Or, and don't forget, Christmas season's right here. So just head on over and pick some up for your favorite coffee or tea drinker. Right, 10% off. And then don't forget, we are taking a break. So we have the top five homeschooling in real life most downloaded podcasts from 2016. Um, These are the shows you've already downloaded the most. So you get to download them one more time. <laughs> You're gonna find that the I was I was actually shocked by what our top five were. Yeah, uh, we kind of filtered through them, and I just was shocked. Like, wow, that was one of the top five. I can't believe it. It's so, fun to see that um, that it's not always what we think it's gonna be. Yeah, we're gonna go in order. We're gonna start with the fifth most downloaded up to the number one over the next couple of weeks. So this is uh, not a time to take a break. We have some great stuff coming out. We have an intro to every episode, so. We're going to have some information there for you over the next few weeks, and we will talk to you in January. So have a very Merry Christmas, and thanks for uh, being a part of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast family. This is Marty Machowski. You have been listening to the Homeschool in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them wherever you download your podcasts.